weekend is coming and it's time for a bath We're going to some bodies and we'll have a good laugh Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Get It Waxed, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Max CC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Macclesfield Lawnmower Services. Macclesfield Lawnmower Services offer a range of servicing, repairs and sales to cater for all your garden machinery needs. They can cater for rotary mowers, cylinder mowers, ride-on and lawn tractors. They also cater for all your smaller machinery needs as well as a full sharpening service for all types of blades. They carry an excellent range of new machines to cater for most domestic and professional applications, together with a wide range of X-Display and X-Demo models. For more information, please visit www.macclesfield-lawnmower-services.co.uk or call 01625 422388. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guests. These two gentlemen have represented Nantwich over 500 times combined, winning silverware along the way. Widely regarded as one of the best seamers and most destructive wicketkeeper batsmen in the league, I'll let them fight it out over which accolade belongs to who. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Ryan Brown and Mr Jimmy Warrington. Brownie, firstly, how are you? Good, thank you, mate. Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, not at all. It's a great pleasure. Very good to sort of catch up with you again, and we'll be talking about all things cricket, I'm sure. And Jimmy, how are things with you? Yeah, all good, mate. Thank you. Just uh, ready back to work tomorrow after a nice long weekend. So yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. Very, very good. Now, Ryan, I know you uh, sort of mentioned to me off uh, off air that you'd just been for a net. Uh, how how was it in the snow? Yeah, it wasn't pleasant, mate. Second net back, grass wicket, um, snowing. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the best net I've ever had to be honest, but yeah, good to be back amongst it. A new club this year, obviously. Did you see any of the balls? I missed a few of them, um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, not too bad, thank you. How are the uh, how are the hands? Not not great. Um, it's just one of them early season things, isn't it? Cold hands. Um, I'm sure once we get through the first few weeks, they'll harden up a bit, and all will be good from there. Excellent. And Jimmy, how about you? Have you uh, had the first net yet? Yeah, we had a net last week. Uh, and then we had a pre-season friendly on Saturday. So, to be honest, I'm uh, I'm a bit sore this week. The body's not getting any younger, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, how did you go in the in the pre-season friendly? Yeah, uh, yeah, bowled all right. Struggled fine with length to start with, but came out all right. But uh, if you speak to any of the lads who played, my fielding was atrocious and I couldn't move after my second foul. So... I got absolutely peppered from all angles, but in terms of bowling, it wasn't too bad. Very, very good. Well, um, obviously, it's good to hear about sort of some early season cricket. You know, we are here in the UK just sort of gearing up towards uh, the start of the season. Obviously, we're all out training in, you know, snow and sort of six, seven, eight degree weather, as as is a custom for April. And, um, you know, many of us have got sort of warm up games heading towards our first league games. 
so it's good to you know kind of hear about all angles should we say but uh, just to kind of go back in in time a little bit firstly Jimmy I thought it'd just be interesting to hear sort of how the last year for you has been obviously you know the year of Covid uh, it looks like we're tentatively heading towards a, a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel but yeah how, how's the last sort of Covid year been for you? Yeah it's been up and down it was good, good to get back to a, a slight bit of normality with the, the season last year we played I think eight or nine weeks played mainly two 2020s which wasn't great it doesn't really suit my game to be honest Brownie will, will testify uh, but we won the Cheshire Cup in the end so that side of it wasn't bad so it's good to get a break from all things Covid related really. And Ryan what about yourself has the, the sort of Covid pandemic Maya been? Yeah it's been it's been a tricky 12 month hasn't it really especially work-wise I think I've been off probably 10 months out of them 12 months but um, enjoying that furlough life to a certain extent but it'd be good to get some normality back like Jimmy said we got eight or nine weeks of the season which was was kind of good but it was almost like eight and nine friendlies in a way um struggled to get that kind of competitive edge just due to the formats but it was, it was certainly good to kind of get out in the middle and, and kind of get that competition back among the boys it was good and now just sort of venturing into my first bit of uh, divide and conquer here you've got to sow the seeds of uh uh, sort of doubt would you, would you say Jimmy's right is uh, T20 not really his format is it more yours I don't think it's either of us really <laughs> <laughs> rocking up on a Saturday and told you're going to play two 2020s I don't think it was ideal for me and Jim but it was certainly the discussion point after the first few weeks when we were deciding whether we, sh- we were better at the longer form or the shorter form and I think me and Jimmy were, were among those on the, the longer form. Did you end up playing any sort of 40 or 50 over games or did you stick to two T20s all, all year? Yeah, I think we kind of mixed it a little bit. Um, we thought at the start we, you know, we'd be lethal at kind of the two T20 formats and then towards the end it was more kind of, you know, because we were having a good run in the Cheshire Cup, it was more kind of getting ourselves kind of getting ourselves ready for that so we we did opt for the four other stuff in the end which was put a smile on mine and jimmy's face should we say you mentioned a little bit of work there ryan do you, do you want to tell us what you do when you aren't playing cricket other than being furloughed for 10 months <laughs> yeah relaxing other than that um so i work for the gym group um, as general manager of the club in altrincham so yeah i'm back in office this week and then obviously all our members will return from monday the 12th which would be good to see kind of a lot of the familiar faces and just to, just to kind of get some normality, um, I think that's what people are kind of striving for now, um, just to kind of get back among the gym and, and socialise really more than anything, um, just seeing different types of people. Absolutely. And were you out over the uh, over the weekend in sort of in anyone's garden or doing anything in sort of 10 degrees? <laughs> Try, tried not to, yeah. <laughs> to the, um, until it gets a little bit warmer, you won't see too much of me. Um, probably come out about June or July. The temperature gets a bit warm. Very, very good. And, and Jimmy, what about you? Tell us what you do when you aren't playing cricket. Uh, yeah, I work in the paint shop at Bentley Motors. Uh, done that for 15 years now. So yeah, pretty uh, old school, old school paint lab now. And has this sort of COVID affected you? Were you on furlough at all? Or have you, have you been able to sort of continue working throughout the period? Yeah, we had, I think it was about nine or 10 weeks off. We went back towards the end of May into the new world that they called it with social distancing, face masks, hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh, Started on like half production and went back. So it was good to, to get back to a bit of normality. But I did enjoy the 10 weeks sitting in the sun, eating and drinking. So that was good. If you're anything like me, mate, as a, as a fellow scene bowler, although obviously my ability is a, a little less uh, than yours, shall we say, the, the sort of uh, extra f- food and, and drink probably uh, didn't do my knees any favour, certainly returning to cricket last year. Did you, uh, did you feel a little out of shape for bowling when you did get back? 
I, I wasn't too bad actually because we we I don't know if you saw we ended up doing that massive charity bike ride so we all had a bit of a competitive uh, street between the lads doing a bit of cycling and we did a big charity bike ride so that actually got me in pretty decent shape for once so it was a uh, started off as a bit of a, a bit of a porker but ended up doing all right so not too bad you've nicely teed up my next question actually which was going to be sort of talking about your charity bike ride um and as you've mentioned it uh jimmy what it what did you tell us about that and um and what you managed to raise well it all it all came about mainly from uh from brownie being the fitness freak that he is decided to put a bit of challenge on everyone with trying to be different amount of miles per week and then he came up with the idea of cycling to every grounds in in the premier in the premier league uh because obviously we won't get to travel there and i was massively against it thinking it was too much it was a total of just over 150 miles in a day and i was totally against it it was too much but obviously peer pressure got the best of me and ended up signing up which we did i think mid mid july and we raised over 10 grand for saint luke's hospice so it was an unbelievable uh effort from the lads to do it but the the amount of people who sponsored us along the way was just fantastic. So it was really worth doing because it went to a great cause in the end. So it was worth the it was worth the suffering. And Ryan, how did uh, how did all the boys do? Were you, were you pleased with the results? Yeah, it, it was a really amazing day to be honest. Like I say, with with quite a few of us doing it, um, there was quite a bit of banter floating about who would kind of drop off first. But just from ground to ground, it it was just good banter along the way. We had a few we had a few technical issues, should we say, a few punches along the way. I think. When we travelled from Widnes to Oxen, um, which is about 30 miles, I think it must, it must have took us about four hours. We had to stop that much. But yeah, it was overall, it was a great day. And like Jimmy said, the, the money that we raised was a great cause. It, it just added to the value, really. And then when we got back to, to Nantwich, there was quite a lot of people welcomed us back, which was, which was really nice and, and a good feeling when we completed it. Now, uh, obviously, this is a cricketing podcast, chaps, and, and obviously we are here to talk about some cricket, uh, amongst some some other things, which I'm sure we'll get to. But um, next question will be, what would your earliest cricketing memories be? And uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us? Uh, I very much grew up with my my dad playing playing cricket. Uh, he actually played for the village in my town. So my probably my first experience of open age cricket or men's cricket was actually playing against my um, dad. Uh, for a second team 11, Millam versus Havering. But further on down the line, he actually moved to Millam and had a few seasons with me as the, as his body was giving up. But one of my probably greatest achievements and, and one of my memories as such was we both played a second 11 game and scored 100 in the same game. So um, that'll probably live long in, in my memory as such. But just growing up, I was always kind of mad, mad to kind of go and watch my dad play. Um, and I just got a real love for the game, really. And it just went from there. So lucky enough to kind of play with my dad and then obviously move to different clubs and, and have some great experiences along the way, really. And Jimmy, what about yourself? What would you say your earliest cricketing memories are? It was probably when my brother started playing. So I was only probably about nine or ten. And I just went to watch him train on a Monday night down at Olsager and just fetching the ball when it went over the boundary and stuff like that. And then ended up going to a training, like got invited into one of the training games and joined in and just fell in love with the game, really. And then Spent all my Saturdays watching the first and second team down at the club with my mates. And then and just finally breaking into the senior teams then when I was about 13, 14 and just progressing through that. So, yeah, great memories there. And um, now, obviously, sort of hearing about your, your early memories and you've mentioned a few clubs there. Obviously, as I mentioned in the introduction, you, you've both uh, represented Nantwich, uh, a, a combined uh, total of over 500 times. How did you both come to play your cricket at Nantwich? It was actually played a 2020 game against Nantwich and 
must have done all right because towards the end of the season, got a phone call from uh, Fozzie asking if I'd be interested in meeting Newts and then spoke to Newts and went for a pint and meeting him, such an impressive bloke and giving the opportunity of opening the bowling at a Premier League club with the likes of Barrington Brown. It was an opportunity I couldn't really turn down, to be honest. So, yeah, I think I was about 20, 23 when I moved over there. And uh, and what about yourself, Brownie? Yeah, I mean, I was travelling back to, to Cumbria to play my cricket at a club that Liam Livingston was from. Um, and then he more or less said to me, like, with him being in Manchester, he's like, why don't you kind of come and play cricket down here um, at Nantwich, where he told me it was a 30-minute journey, which turned <laughs> out to be a 55-minute journey for me. So he stitched me up a little bit there. But, yeah, it was it was kind of a great lead and, and such a great move, uh, Nantwich. I've been nothing but kind of good to me. Like the club as a whole is, is is phenomenal, really. The people that are there and at the heart of the club um, just made it so easy. Um, but yeah, that's how I come to play there through, through Livy, really. Um, so yeah, forever grateful. You mentioned, obviously, uh, Nantwich being such a great club. You've both spent a lot of time there. Now, I don't want to put you under too much pressure here, but um, if I were to ask you, you know, what makes Nantwich such a great club and, and a place that you've, you know, spent many happy years playing your cricket what would you say are some of the things that you know come to mind Ryan the people at the heart of the club for me you know you've got Wayne Morgan Andy Newton who Newt has obviously been there done it he's, he's an absolute clubman and then just the people behind the scenes the groundsman um Fozzy you know just great people but then also the the kind of the lads with inside the change room you know you're playing with good cricketers good kind of club cricketers who have played a good standard and it's it's just a generally nice vibe uh, everyone that you kind of go there and see, you know, I'm sure Jimmy will vouch for that as well. Uh, you're never made to feel unwelcome, especially being from, obviously not from Nantwich, an outsider, if you will, like a Cumbrian. Um, not once did I feel kind of unwelcome. So, yeah, I, I loved my time at Nantwich. It was great. And I'm sure uh, you'd be uh, agreeing with some of those sentiments, Jimmy, but uh, is there anything else, you, you know, you'd, you'd like to say about Nantwich and, and what a great club it is? Yeah, just echo what Ryan said, really. The, the big thing for me is that the one thing I learned early was if you turn up and give you 100% best every week, you just try your best. The amount of people there, the volunteers, like I said, the groundsmen, Newts, Wayne, Fozzy, all, all the guys behind the scenes, if you turn up and try your best, that's all they want you to do. They'll move the side screens, covers, make sure the ground's pristine for you. But they want you to do your best. And as long as you do that, everyone will back you up. It's, it's such a good place to play. And the facilities are fantastic as well. So always makes it good to, to turn up and play there. Fantastic. Now, uh, we, we do like a little bit of stat badgering on the podcast here. We, are either of you much uh, much of stat badgers? Do you look at your stats, Ryan? Um, I don't, but definitely Jimmy doesn't know that. He tells me every week how many wickets he's on. So. Bit, I won't go that far. Brownie's the, Brownie's the biggest badger going here. Don't let him, don't let him deceive you. I know for a fact that Jimmy must be on 700 wickets. You know, in terms of the podcast, we we do like our stats over here, chaps. So we're going to run through a few stats. And by the sounds of it, you know, Ryan's not going to go know any of them. Jimmy's going to know all of his. But uh, maybe we'll put that to the test. Um, so first of all, we're going to talk about some batting stats. You'll be pleased to know Ryan and, and, and Jimmy possibly less so. So in total, Ryan, you've played 222 games as per play cricket with 216 innings, 33 not outs, scoring 6,625 runs with a high score of 132 not out, averaging 36.2. 4250s and 900s and I have to say a rather disappointing 12 ducks now I always like to celebrate <laughs> I always like to celebrate the number of ducks people have got but um 
12 ducks in, in, in 216 innings is, is disappointingly low. So uh, I encourage you to work on that. Uh, but no, joking <laughs> aside, mate, um, anything that sort of springs out to you there in, in, in some of your numbers? Um, probably the 12 ducks. Yeah, I thought it was a lot higher than that. Um, <laughs> it, fe- it felt like a lot higher at times. Um, yeah, just, you know, we, I've been lucky enough to, to kind of have a few decent innings as such and a few memorable ones. Um, probably first year when I wasn't going so well, I, I then got, a hundred, which kind of settled me in. And when you're a kind of a newbie, people are looking for you to, to kind of do something um, just to kind of cement your, your place as such. Um, and I got a hundred against Audley and I think we, we won the game nine down. So that obviously that was, that's a memorable moment. And then just probably, you know, the semi-final in the national uh, against Ormskirk when we, when we got to Lords in the national cup and um, just scoring kind of, I think it was 74 that day um, is another one of my memorable innings really. But, yeah, as long as kind of the team does well as such, that was that was kind of the main aim, and I, and I think that kind of ran right the way throughout the change room. Really, you know, it was never about kind of personal stats; it was more kind of about about the team winning. Fantastic, mate. There is a couple of things that sort of jump out to me there um, from your stats that I'm, I'm going to mention, particularly in 2017 and, and the 2018 season. Um, you both you scored over a thousand runs in both seasons. Um, but in 2018, you scored uh, 1,031 runs um, with 1050s, uh, highest score of 93. Um, and in 2017, you scored uh, 1,036 runs uh, with 550s and 300s. You know, they're they're pretty standout years. And I think any time a batsman scores a you know a thousand runs in 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 a season, that's a that's a pretty good milestone. And to do that sort of back to back must have been pretty pleasing. And just the final question, really, about your batting. Uh, you know, I sort of mentioned you you can be a sort of destructive wicketkeeper batsman type. Is is that something you 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 sort of try to be, or do you find yourself wanting to be a little bit more of a the sort of middle order anchor, or or do you see yourself as having different roles to play at different times? Yeah, probably different roles at different times, really. I think there's always kind of a, a place for kind of putting your foot on the gas, but I've probably built my game on on kind of letting people bat around me and, and kind of anchoring the innings as such. Um, I certainly know from, I think it was 2018, when I when I got 10 50s and 0 100s, that was, it, it was a decent year for me. But looking back at kind of the conversion rate, when you're not scored 100 as a, as a batter in the season, having a, a relatively decent season and scoring that amount of runs without 100 was was slightly disappointing because, um, like I say, I, I do pride myself on kind of batting through and, and kind of anchoring the innings. So, so people like, you know, we have Luke Robinson and, and Doyley, you know, they're the explosive people. And then you've got Griff Lower Order that, that can really put the foot on the gas when they need to. And if, if I was anchoring the innings, it was a lot easier for them to, to play their natural game. Fantastic. Now, moving on to some bowling stats, I'm very pleased to say that you don't have any. Um, now, of course, you are you are a wicketkeeper, and so it doesn't surprise me that you don't have any bowling stats. Um, but two questions. Ha- have you ever bowled a ball in a game for Nantwich? Unfortunately not. No, I've tried my best to, to get my arm to roll over, but I haven't been allowed, unfortunately. Although I did bowl under-17 level for, for Cumbria, but I think the more times I told the lads, I don't think they could believe it after seeing me roll my arm over in the nets. And uh, my second question is, of course, you know, as a wicketkeeper, we've we've heard from quite a few at Macclesfield, um, chiefly uh, Paul Yoz Hughes, I'm, I'm sure uh, <laughs> Jimmy will have had a few battles with over the year. I don't know about you, Ryan, but uh, Paul mentions, you know, behind every wicketkeeper is, of course, a frustrated leg spinner. Um, are, are you one of those, Brownie? <laughs> yeah, probably am, to be fair, yeah. Couldn't make it as a bowler, so I just went behind the wickets instead. Um 
But yeah, always want to chirp up and, and kind of let the batsmen know they do at the crease anyway. Very, very good. Now, we'll, we'll just run over your fielding stats. Of course, I'm sure you'll be the first person to tell us that all your catches and your stumpings aren't recorded. Uh, you know, they're never accredited on play cricket. It's always someone else's fault when you're a wicketkeeper. But um, in total, you've got 129 catches, 18 stumpings. And, and in 2015 and 2016, uh, you took 37 and 25 catches, respectively, with six and four stumpings. Um, is, is keeping always been something that you've done? I know you, you know, joke about not being the bowler, but have you always taken your keeping very seriously? Yeah, from a young age, yeah, I kept wicket. I think that was because I was, I was tiny as a youngster. Um, it was one of the places that, you know, was more suited to me. Um, and then when I moved to Nantwich, I think first two weeks I broke my finger, then broke my thumb and the hands just decided to give way after about two seasons at Nantwich. So I ended up like a deep square leg I think half the time um, but yeah probably the, the dismissals in the first two seasons I was there was was probably mostly down to Jimmy really um, bowling that line in length that, that kind of nagging line in length and, and getting a lot of snicks that you know were, were relatively easy to take really I can't take too much credit for that but yeah it was certainly two good seasons with the gloves Now I, I can't pass out on the opportunity to ask you you know when you were posted down at deep square leg um, like any true keeper, do, do you have an absolute Wendy or can you get it in? Um, I like to think I can throw it pretty well, but I'm sure the boys would disagree. And whoever listens to this podcast probably disagree as well. But um, you always like to think you've got a good arm, don't you? So you two bounce it in off the square. So, yeah, probably not the best. And uh, as one of the lads is here, Jimmy, can you can you attest to Bryony having a Wendy or, or can he get it in? I'll put it this way. Most keepers say they want it in a box, don't they, above the stumps? So after a couple of years of spraying on the lads for not throwing it in properly, it was a pleasure to watch him get sprayed himself by the other keepers because <laughs> he's absolutely <laughs> trying to launch in as best he can and can't even reach the square from the boundary. So he hasn't got a good throw at all. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who back that up. <laughs> there we go. We, we like to get the shots out and it's always good to uh, divide and conquer, as I said. But now, uh, you know, good sport, Brownie, for, for talking about some of your stats. Did you know any of those? Come on. Did you know any of those? Yeah, I probably knew a few. I definitely knew 2018. Uh, just because everyone hammered me about the conversion rate and the fact I didn't get a ton, so I definitely knew that. Listening to them, you know, I, I had a decent time at Nantwich and, and really enjoyed it. And kind of, we, we were a successful team and that, that, that was kind of the, the end goal to win silverware and, and luckily that's what we did. So, yeah, great, great memories really. Fantastic. Now, moving on to yourself, Jimmy. Um, we'll talk about the batting stats first. I'm, I'm sure you'll be a lot more keen to get onto the bowling. But uh, in total, you've played 349 games with 177 innings, 65 not outs, scoring 1,175 runs with a highest score of 51 not outs. 150, which is obviously your highest score, and uh, 35 ducks. But now I think it's fair to say you, you do bat down the uh, 35. Wow, <laughs> the bottom end of the uh, bottom end of the innings there. But um, you know, anything that jumps out at you there? Obviously, 35 ducks. I can say I, I'd love to say I was trying to clear the ropes every time with them, but uh, but no, definitely not. Yeah, the 50 was a good one. That was against uh, Oxton, I think. And Louis Bentley's got 150 odd not out that game, I think. And uh, I hit the winning run, so I ran off the pitch in front of him to try and take all the credit. So uh, <laughs> everyone was waiting for Louis to come in after an absolute amazing knock. And I was just got my arms up, raising my bat aloft, first ever 1350, and trying to take all the credit. But... <laughs> now, uh, have, you, have you got any higher scores that perhaps aren't on play cricket or you know any of your, your younger cricket? I'd love to say I've got a couple of hundred, but uh, no. 
I haven't. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the one thing that does jump out at me from from your stats, uh, Jimmy, is that um, you have accredited, and of course, you know, play cricket is never entirely reliable. You have accredited with 82 fours, but 62 sixes. So, uh, you know, you talk about uh, clearing the ropes and perhaps uh, that's what you were trying to do on all those ducks. But, uh, you know, 62 sixes versus 82 fours, I think you must be pretty pleased with that. That's all right, isn't it? I'll take that. That's probably most of my runs, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably most of your runs. Um, do, you, do you like giving it the long handle down the bottom or do you see yourself as having a, a sort of slightly more important role? No, not really. Uh, the probably most sensible I've ever batted was to guide Griff through to his hundreds uh, a couple of years ago and I was getting absolutely pelters from the witness lads for that so I just didn't play shot in anger but normally I like to uh, I like to show the batsman how it's done and try and hit it further than anyone else but it's hard with some of the lads we've got in the team especially the likes of Griff who just hits it to the moon so as much as it pains me to to, to mention this game which we will be talking about later and as, as a you know proud Macclesfield Cricket Club member it's it still sends a shudder through us but you know you do have a role to play and to talk about in uh, perhaps batting a little bit more sensibly, but, um, you know, we'll leave that for later just so I can emotionally okay. prepare myself, Jimmy. <laughs> but um, no, moving on, there's a couple of games that, that I'd like to talk about that, you know, you've, you've both mentioned, which are sort of pretty proud memories for you. Um, and both of these are, well, we're going to talk about three, actually, uh, all feature from the 2019 season when, of course, uh, Nantwich had a fantastic run to the final of the uh, ECB National Club Championship. So the first game that we're going to talk about is from the first of September 2019 and this was the semi-final um, Nantwich versus Ormskirk's CC and I think obviously Ryan you, you did mention this uh, briefly earlier but uh, but Ormskirk won the toss and elected to bat and scored 170 for six off their 40 overs in reply Nantwich won the game scoring 171 for seven of 36.4 overs um, the Ormskirk inning Jimmy, you did, of course, open the bowling that day. You bowled or returned figures of eight overs, no maidens, none for 32. Um, but the, the sort of main uh, main reason for talking about the, the game, of course, Ryan, uh, you batted number... F can't count. You batted number four. Yeah, you batted number four that day, scoring 75 off 83 balls, nine fours and two sixes. Um, so, as I say, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that sort of run to the final. But, um, Ryan, kind of over to you. Um, you know, a, a very proud innings for yourself, obviously, uh, helping the team get to the final. What, what do you remember about this day? Uh, it was it was probably one it was probably one of the, the best memories that I, I have on a cricket field, if I'm honest. The, the whole vibe, the build-up from, from the quarterfinal where, you know, Luke Robinson and, and Dobbo took us to, I think it was 200 for one and, and we won that. And, and ever since then, the build-up to that day, and it was a warm day. I can remember Ormskirt rocking up and, you know, they, they'd brought um, a lad for, that plays first class, Gav Griffiths, and, you know, who hadn't played a lot of cricket for them. Um, and I can just remember the ground just being really full. You know, I think there's a picture on Twitter somewhere of kind of, someone with a drone camera and it, it just looks amazing. The ground, the ground was in superb condition. And, you know, we, we probably went in at T17, you know, Nantwich small ground and we really backed ourselves. It was a brand of cricket that, that we were comfortable with and, and when 170 we thought was, you know, well within our reach. And um, we lost Robbo quite early. I think we were, we were two down for not, not so many. So it was just about kind of building an innings really and, 
you know, just just stepping on it at the right time and and Dobbo that day as well played played a great innings and everything just clicked really. Um, I come back from a shoulder injury. I think I'd only played um, one innings before that. Um, kind of after after my shoulder popped out, so it was it was kind of nervous at the same time. But I, once I found my feet, once I got to twenty twenty five, I, I can remember coming off at drinks at twenty overs and saying, "We'll win this within thirty five overs, no problem." Um, and then I kind of hauled out to, to long off. Still left a little bit of work to do, but um, Griff just come in and smashed 20. And the celebrations went, went long into the night. Um, and then, yeah, from then on, it, it was just such an amazing vibe for everyone's family was there. We we shared a lot of kind of memories on the field that day, but also kind of in the change room. And, and just after seeing seeing how, how happy you make people that have been at the club for a long time, I think, I think that's what stood out for me, like seeing people, you know, like Newts and Fawz and Wayne saying that that's probably one of their greatest memories for the club as well. Like things like that just, just sink in really deep and it, it just shows what a, what a good club it is really. Fantastic. Jimmy, and is there anything you want to add to that? Do you, do you have any great memories from the game? That game was just, it was just outrageous. Just Brownie's innings was, was second to none. Griff, I think, got two or three for, for nothing off his eight overs. Uh, we bowled really well as a unit, which we we settled into a good pattern of of what, what everyone knew the role in the forty overs of what they would be doing uh, as a bowling unit, and then as a batting unit, Brownie led the day that day with Dobbo. Uh, and I tell you what, watching from the side, I don't think I've ever been so nervous. And it was just so everyone was just buzzing like Brownie said. The whole club was just in it was an ecstasy. It was just so good to to be a part of that team and everyone enjoying each other's success and achieving something that we probably might never achieve again. It was just, it was just unreal. So good. Now, I I know that you were keen to to talk about the, the preceding game uh, to this one, Jimmy, which was uh, of course from the 11th of August, 2019 and uh, Nantwich faced Bath CC that day. Uh, Nantwich won the toss and elected to field with Bath posting 196 all out in their 40 overs. Um, yourself that day, of course, opened the bowling with eight overs, no maidens, two for 39. Um, what do you remember about this game and, and why were you so keen to sort of talk about this? Well, it was just, you know, when you 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 go into a game and you think you haven't got much chance and they rocked up with these massive coaches and they brought about a squad of 16, 17. They had people on first-class books. We, we'd we seen all their stats and the history of the players that they had in that current side that they had. And you just think, we've got no chance. And we had a bit of rain about, so the pitch played into our hands. Uh, they batted first and got, I think the lads I got out first up had he left a straight one, I think, which was which was an absolute bonus. And he had apparently been scoring runs of fun that season. Uh we got another lad out who was who's also been scoring runs and we knew they thought they'd got too many. And we we knew that the batting line that we had and we knew how to play on that pitch. And Dobbo and Robbo's innings were just, Robbo especially, was just, it was something I've never seen before from amateur cricket. It was just exceptional. And the reason I wanted to talk about it was just as, like I say, enjoying other people's success and what it meant to the club to to get onto that semi-final against Ormskirk. It just meant so much to everyone. It was just such a brilliant day. 
And of course, in reply, as as you mentioned, Namwich managed to uh, knock off 196, scoring 200 for one in 35.4 overs. Um, of course, Rob, Luke Robinson scoring 124 off 85 balls, not out, and uh, Henry Dobson 53 off 107 balls. I suppose, much like the semi-final, I assume the, the celebrations kind of went long into the night. Oh yeah, massively, massively. There was a <laughs> there was a lot of celebrations from the national last year. Uh, sorry, from the year before. It was uh, it was like you said, you, you're doing stuff that you. We, we put like Brown said, we played such a good brand of cricket, and everyone seemed to know the roles. Where it was batting or bowling, and you knew if we turned up that we could beat anyone, and we proved that with some of the sides we beat. You look at them cut turning up, and you think, "What a setup they are!" And we're there kicking a football around, playing head flicks, and taking the mick out of each other all day, not looking that serious. But as soon as we get on the pitch, everyone knows their job, and we just performed to our ultimate abilities all the way through it was a pleasure to be a part of now of course this uh, mini journey culminated in a final at lord's cricket ground on the 16th of september 2019 of course nantwich facing swarderston cc nantwich won the toss and elected to field uh, with swarderston scoring 280 for seven off their 40 overs and uh, Jimmy, you opened the bowling that day again, of course. Eight overs, no maidens, uh, three for 60. Obviously, there was a bit of rain around and it was a, it was a rain-affected game. And Nantwich, uh, with a revised target of 253 from 35 overs, um, sadly, in the end, were all out for 193. But yeah, what, what could you tell us about, firstly, the experience of, of playing at Lords and indeed the game? I'll, I'll hand that over to you, Jimmy. Oh, it was just, as, a, as, a, as an ageing cricketer now uh it was definitely one of the bucket list mem- uh, moments of my life it was you always want to play at the best grounds and there's no bigger than than lords uh to turn up with a group of lads who you love spending every minute with it was so special and to have them read out over the tannoy opening the bowling from the pavilion end it was just like wow massive shiver went down my spine and i just prayed i landed the first one but yeah it was just amazing i had such a good following down there as well if, I reckon if the rain didn't hit, I reckon we would have been, got very, very close to, to winning that because Brownie and Robbo were going so well together. Uh, the rain kind of stuffed us in. But apart from that, result aside, what a day, what an experience. It was just, uh, yeah, so good to to be a part of in memories that will last forever. And of course, Ryan, as uh, as Jimmy mentions there, you uh, did have a, a pretty significant contribution in in this run chase. You scored 59 off 38 balls, uh, four sixes and six fours. Um, what do you remember about uh, about that innings? Um, did you have a similar experience, obviously, walking out to bat and hearing your name called out? Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you first walk out to bat, like, like Jimmy say, you dream of that type of stuff just as an amateur cricketer. There's, there's kind of no bigger, bigger occasion, if you will. So I can remember walking through the long room thinking out and really nervous here type of thing. Um, and then I got out to the middle and I probably didn't lay a bat on my first five balls, I don't think. Um, I was that nervous. Um, but then, you know, you, you kind of get a few out the middle and we we kind of felt good. At, if I'm being honest, just before we come off for rain, we, we just started to tick, me and Luke. Um, and then we had the rain break and you know, we were confident at the rain break. The, the boundary on one side was relatively small, which which does kind of drag you in a little bit. And probably when we went out, we I think we needed eight, nine and over at that time. We probably went a little bit too hard too early. Um, and then we kind of shot ourselves in the foot by losing a few quick wickets. And, you know, even needing 10 and over with 10 overs to go, it was well within our reach. And it, 
it probably wasn't the best cricket in terms of how we structured that that innings. But as an experience, you know, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't come any better. Even the day before, you know, we got to to practice on the back pitch and the, and the nets, and then we went out for a team meal at night. And like Jimmy said, you're spending you're spending time with people that, that you love as, as teammates, and to to share that experience with people that you're close to just made it even better, really. And Jimmy, obviously, you you must have been out there right at the end as as you scored sixteen off off fifteen there. Um, you know, not uh, not trying to take you down some bad memories here, but um, you know, what do you remember about sort of heading towards the end of the game there? Well, I was in, I was batting with Stocko, and me and him being the idiots that we are, typical bowlers, saying we we can win this. Need an eighteen twenty and over. I was like, we've got this. Hit a couple of fours. Hit the biggest six of the day, didn't I, Brownie? Uh, over to the long boundary, not the short boundary that these these batsmen did. Uh, no comment. <laughs> until they brought the quick bowler on and I didn't even see it, to be honest. He hit me on my foot first ball and I was like, oh, I'm in trouble here. And then I did the biggest swipe you've ever seen and missed it by about four foot. And yeah, the game was over. But like I said, it was had a bit of fun just chucking the bat around at the end. Uh, but even going to see... When we lost, we all walked over to see the spectators after and people are crying with emotion. And just so, like you said, the joy you bring into people, it was just, yeah, it was brilliant. Just such a good day. Day I'll never forget, to be honest. Now, uh, obviously, we've we've talked about a few games there and, and that cup run that you've mentioned, talked over some of the, the stats, and we've definitely worked out that uh, I think, Jimmy, you know, you, you are the prime badger of the two of you. I don't, I don't think there's any, uh, any disagreement going to be had there. Um, but, um, you know, obviously with this being the, the sort of second episode in our sort of uh, from around the county series obviously we we started off uh, over at Toft and now we, we've come back to Nantwich but uh, being a Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast obviously we do want to talk about some uh, some Mac CC stuff and obviously Nantwich and Mac have, have played each other many times I'm sure over the years um, but uh, I thought it'd be interesting just to get your your take on a few things, really, and, and perhaps um, Ryan, firstly to you, what uh, what are your sort of any thoughts and memories that you have from from playing generally at Macclesfield, perhaps some of the pitches, and uh, you know we'll we'll get into a few games a bit later on. But yeah, what are what are your sort of memories and and, and feelings about playing at Mac? Yeah, I can always remember it being a pretty good contest between us and Mac. Really, um, it was never kind of dominated by one side, certainly not throughout kind of my time as such. Um, obviously the one game that sticks out we're, we're probably going to go into but I can remember it being kind of a warm day and it kind of toed and froed kind of which way it was going to go and, and kind of the Macclesfield crowd I can remember there being a bit of cheer just as I got out walking up the, walking up the steps I think there's a, a few choice words I'd but it's all part of the fun but yeah, certainly remember some some good contests with Macclesfield that really enjoyed playing there Fantastic and uh, Jimmy what about yourself? Oh, I, I wish I hadn't got rid of the uh, the dungeon of a changing room. I used to enjoy having a trickly shower in there. So, no, I've always enjoyed playing against Mark home and away. Got a lot of good good friends there, especially with with Ports being there and playing against Barney and Yaza, uh, Tate over the years. Always had a good good contest with them, and always a few beers after. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyed playing against Mark. Now uh, you know Macclesfield's uh, sort of uh, at times. I think have had a, a reputation for being. You know, a little bit spicy in the fixtures, as I always say. Um, you know, we we like to to play some pretty hard, aggressive cricket, but it's always rounded out with uh, lots of good times and a few beers after the games. And I'm sure you know both of you could attest to that. 
But uh, any sort of big rivalries, perhaps individually over the years for either of you? Any spicy games or some some favourite opponents, maybe? Maybe favourite's not the worst right word, but uh, Jimmy, anyone or anything that jumps out at you? Probably the first one would be, would be Cal. He consecutively swept me for six a few years back and he did it first time. I stood in the middle of the wicket looking at complete disgust at him. I said, what are you playing that for? I bet you can't do it again. He said, bowl the same balls and I'll do it again. So me being the clever lad that I am, did it. And he swept it for six again. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? So yeah, <laughs> that was my first real introduction to Mr. Sowers. Uh, but yeah, I've always, yeah, always had a good contest against Birch as well. He's always teed off against me opening up. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a few. And obviously, like I say, with Ports, as soon as he walks in, always try and get the silver box out. So Very, very good. And uh, what about yourself, Ryan? Any any sort of heated moments or favourite infamous opponents? I think I probably had a few heated moments with everyone in the league, to be honest. Probably Crossy, the keeper. Had a few entertaining conversations with him, shall we say. I think he, <laughs> he, ser- he certainly had plenty to say when I was batting him. And yeah, probably vice versa, really. I'm sure I give him a few choice words. But it, yeah, you know, it's all good and well, you know, playing playing cricket hard. And there's, there's a lot of friendly banter floats around the league, of course there is. But, you know, one one thing that always kind of stood out at Mac was when you kind of did step off the field, it, it was, you know, it's forgotten about. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a game of cricket played by people that, that want to win. So... Um, yeah, that's what stood out for me, really. Now, uh, there are a couple of games that I kind of want to talk about, um, and they're, they're going to both feature from uh, from the same season. As I say, we'll, we'll talk about the, from, from the Macclesfield point of view, we'll talk about the first one first, just because it's a slightly more pleasant experience for us, and, and less so for you boys, but I'm sure you'll bear with. So, as I say, this was from the 2nd of July 2016. Um, and Macclesfield CC won the toss and elected to field. Uh, Nantwich that day scored 182 all out in 49.1 overs. Jimmy, you weren't actually playing this day, so I suppose you can um, immediately uh, sort of remove yourself from, from any blame for this. But Ryan, you were playing that day. Uh, you scored 51, batting uh, number three. Um, you, uh, for those that are interested, uh, <laughs> sorry to do this to you, Ryan, but uh, John Birchall got you out. It was bold. John Birchall caught Harlan Gregg. Uh, do you do you remember the the sort of Nantwich innings? Any sort of memories from this this game? I think I can remember reverse sweeping. I think it might have been Port, was it? I remember reverse sweeping him, and then he was like, "I don't think he'll do it again." So I did it again. <laughs> I can't remember getting out. Funny enough, I normally always do. But yeah, that was that was a, a strange fixture. Was that when Crossy come in at the end and you know kind of took the game away from us? Yeah, so as I say, um, Namwich scored 182 from 49.1 overs. Obviously, yourself, Ryan, was the mainstay of the innings. Um, Raymond Doyle, obviously, scoring 25. Ben Johnson, 24. And uh, a certain T. Cowup down at number nine, scoring 27. And just for Macclesfield uh, fans, shall we say, Craig Melrose, 17 overs, six maidens, three for 48. Uh, Rob Porter, much as it pains me to say this, 10.1 overs, one maiden, three for 41. Let's not do that again. And uh, John Birchall at the end, eight overs, two maidens, four for 27. Um, in reply, yeah, you, you are quite right. Crossy, uh, Crossy came in at the end along with uh, Harlan, who uh, joined us for a season and uh, managed to get Mac over the line, which which would have been a pretty tense game. Uh, John Birchall opening the batting with Ollie Marsden. Ollie got a duck and, and John Birchall out to Louis Cameron for 18. Um, Nick Burtis, 
uh, former overseas, obviously now playing professional cricket, got 28 that day. And uh, I did speak to Nick about this game and, and indeed the other game from this season between Mack and Nantwich. And um, one of the things that he said, he, he remembers fondly playing Nantwich um, and always being impressed by the sort of standard of cricket. Um, Jimmy, he, he remembers you being probably the standout uh, seam bowler that he faced in his time over here. And, um, and again, Ryan remembers you being a, a very, very clean wicketkeeper behind the sticks and, and scoring some important runs. And the other thing he said was that um, he never scored runs against Nantwich. So uh, who knows, down the line, whether he'll put that right. Um, I rather doubt it, but um, just some comments from Nick there. Um, Port scored 12, um, and then not really much else until uh, 8 and 9, Harlan and Crossy, uh, joined each other at the crease and scored 49 and 47 respectively to uh, to get Mac over the line, 49.2 overs. So a really tight game. Um, and as you say, um, Mac and, and Nantwich have had some some really close games over the years, I'm sure. And on on this occasion, Mac did manage to to scrape over the line. But uh, anything else you remember from that game, Ryan? Yeah, you know, I think I think we 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 had a we had a difficult conversation after that game just to. We we massively took our foot off the gas. That's what it seemed like, you know. We we almost thought rather arrogantly that we we'd won the game, um, and then you know people start to get going, and you think, oh, we'll we'll kind of get him out in a minute. It's all right, someone will do it, and then you know they just kept chipping away. And to be fair, they were they were two really good knocks. Um, we certainly couldn't knock that, and, and they probably deserved the win in the end. We were we were really poor. We but we didn't execute any of our plans really. And Crossy come in and. Just massively took the game away from us in in the blink of an eye, really. Um, so yeah, there was a, there was a tough conversation after that game, should we say? Well, before we move on to uh, the other game that we want to talk about, and as I said, it it is a a tough game for us to talk about from Macclesfield. I am delighted to say that we are joined by a bit of a special guest. Um, he's been mentioned on this podcast a, a few times already, and and rather sadly, his bowling's been brought up. I'm pretty sure he's going to want to discuss his bowling in a minute, but uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back the, the pot-bonking clayhead himself, Mr. Remus Perfect, Robert Porter. Ports, how are you? Sweet as peas, you? Yes, I'm very, very good. I'm sure that uh, Jimmy and Brownie are delighted to hear your dulcet tones. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Are you both well, gents? Very well, thank you, mate. Yourself? Good evening, Robert. Albert. It's been a pleasure. Hello, James. You all right? Yeah, wonderful, mate. Wonderful. With a better for hearing your lovely, lovely voice. Share those stoky tones. Yeah, I like how you put an extra accent on for this. It's nice. Shut up. <laughs> you don't speak like this normally, do you? No, 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 of course not, no. Well, on the first podcast that Ports did for us, uh, a wee while ago now, it must have been getting on for a year ago, Ports, it's how time flies i did of course mention that you know people needed to get their stokey translation books out but in the end you know your podcast was a a rip-roaring success lots of people really enjoyed you know the great passion you had um about macclesfield um i suppose the only bit that people didn't enjoy was of course you talking about your bowling um but you know these things happen making ears bleed Now, we've just been talking, Ports, about, um, you know, a couple of games from the 2016 season. I'm, I'm sure you remember both. Yeah, I do, yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah. Now, the first game, you know, in which Macclesfield managed to get over the line, we had uh, Ryan with 50. Jimmy wasn't playing, of course, but uh, Crossy and Harlan sort of getting Mac over the line there. 
Jimmy, was that because you'd fallen off a table, Banjo? <laughs> it was a, a, a freak dancing incident. We won't go into that. <laughs> it, it, it upsets too many people talking about it, so I best not uh, divulge too much. I'll mention it then. All as I heard was you were completely naked. It's a standard Mac night out then, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, we totally elaborated, of course. Uh, <laughs> just a couple of shandies with the lads and... Uh, Saving the children out of a burning building, I think, just being a hero. But, uh, yeah, I fell over. I fell over dancing, slightly intoxicated, which went down <laughs> wonderfully well with Mr. Doyle and a lot of other people. How did it go down with Zena? Oh, we won't go into that. Yeah, just about got it. She's just about got over it. I think five years later. Now, uh, obviously, thanks to that backstory there, Ports, we can always rely on you to, to dish the dirt and, and stir it up in, in your unique way. But uh, coming back to the game, um, you know, we've mentioned Crossy and Harland sort of taking us over the line there. Ryan mentions a pretty difficult conversation after the game. Uh, what, what are your memories from, the, from this particular game? God, the, it was incredible, really. We, we were, I thought we were out of the game completely. Holland and Crossy just came from nowhere when, when like Ryan said, I, th- I think the game was done. We were dead and buried. And then somehow these two, what did Holland come in? Seven? Eight. Crossy seven. Crossy, Harlan eight, Crossy nine. The, the game was done. I, I, I can't even remember the score. And them two just were like, where did that come from? And, and, you guys, you know, Jimmy and Brownie, you won't remember, but Harland, it was like a bloke with no eyes for the remaining 20 games of the season. He had two games where he contributed, and that was one of them. It was like this other player had turned up. Honestly, it was incredible. I don't think it was, it wasn't particularly warm, if I recall, neither. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the best day, was it? But believe me, it was even no. cold, it was even colder when Crossy was smacking it all over Nantwich. <laughs> Get it in the boneyard. Yeah, there's plenty in there, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, there was a few. Very, very good. Now, of course, you know, on behalf of Mac, we've had our fun. We've we've sort of enjoyed a, a, a you know a, a win there for the Mac lads. Um, it wouldn't be fair and right if we didn't uh, give all sides of the story on this particular season. And of course, um, you know, it's it's the painful, emotional game, and I'm sure for no one more so than Remus Perfect, Robert Porter here. The situation was at the end of the 2016 season, um, effectively Macclesfield and, and Nantwich were, were both um, potentially in, in in danger of being relegated. And it came down to the final game of the season um, and Macclesfield uh, obviously hosting Nantwich at, at Victoria Road. Nantwich won the toss and elected to field with Macclesfield posting 200 for eight of 55 overs. Ports, I'll ask you first... Of course, you regaled us with a great story about some some antics before the game and and what went on, and now this is folklore in Australia and you know Jaeger bomb shots. But um, we've heard all that, so I'd encourage you to uh, to to perhaps talk to us about the cricket and 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 the state of the game and, and your kind of feelings, kind of going into the toss and and during the Macclesfield batting innings. Well, for, for Jimmy and Brownie's sakes, you know. I said on my podcast, uh, and I'd say to this day, it'll remain one of my fondest game of cricket, despite the results in my entire career. It, it was. The whole game was 
it was poised really, really tightly. You know, the the decision who would go down from that, and it would have been a massive blow for Nantwich. Go, had you boys won the league the season before? We were, we were no, second. It was we were second the year before, I think. Yeah, second, second, second the year before. So, you know, probably for you go down would have been absolutely outrageous compared to Nat to 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 Matt going down because we'd bounced a couple of times. But for this, you know, for me, there was all that pressure before the game of who's going to go down. But once the game began, you know, you kind of forgot that scenario. And and it was an up and down game of cricket. For us to, for any time that we posted 200, we we were massively in the game. That that, that was the, the Mac way, really. Posting 170, scraping 170. If you make 200, you you really putting people under pressure, and I think that's what we did. You know, from an outsider, when you know you boys at Nantwich, I don't know how did you feel the score? Uh, I that that day was was unbelievable. It did feel like the the whole week felt like a build up to it to kind of a Champions yeah, same, League final, same, didn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah, but yeah, I can remember. Doyle saying to me, I think it was halfway through the innings, like, you know, what, what's chaseable here? And, and it got past the score, I said. Um, and, you know, it was one of them strange days, really. I, I think earlier in the season, like you said, you thought you were down and out. Um, it was mm. certainly a role reversal there when we got to a certain stage and we were absolutely dead and buried. We, we, were, in, we were in Div 1 in, a, in our own heads, really. It was only, I don't like to say it, Jimmy hanging on at the end there and and young Ben Jesus, Johnson, who yeah. kind of really come of age that day, didn't he? I think he got mm, he 20 did, yeah. 70 yeah. balls, you know, and there was a lot of chirping going on for a young lad and for him to kind of bow like he did was was credit to him, really. J- Jimmy was, that knock from Jimmy was, my God, that pained me. It, it, it broke my heart because I think if, if, you know, not to discredit anybody else, but I think if Jimmy had gone after a couple of overs, I do think it would have been all over. It got to the point where if if we had, if, if I had got out, then we would have had to knock your total off. That's, yeah. how, that's how close it got yeah. to. I, we got in and we had to get to, one, we had to get to 180, I think. We had to get to 180 or no more wickets to draw and we would stay up. That's so yeah. yeah, so we had Fozzy walking around with his little manual out saying you need to do it and, and every scenario for every wicket lost. And I've never, the tension was frightening, to be honest. And like you say, you you go into a game of cricket expecting any any result to happen. But like I said, you're chasing 200 on the board. You think it, you need a good, solid start. And when when we lost Brownie straight after drinks, it was like, oh my God, here we go. Uh, Brownie talked talk me through, so because uh, I was bold. I was bowling that. Funny enough, Potts, I can't remember how I got dismissed that day, mate. You'll have to run me through oh, it. No. Well, <laughs> let me regale you. Jimmy, I don't know if you want to take this. I'm happy to go through it from my perspective. Uh, I, I think it was a blur on everyone's account, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I ran that far down. It was cost a run out in the end. Got, well, what, I, what I was going to say, mate, Christ, you set off early. <laughs> and I bowled my little... Um, me a little blow down. Yeah, I think it was that old term above the eye line, and once it went above the eye line, I, I, I must have played ten shots. I've never bowled anything above the eye line. 
No, but Ports, that was because I, I, I went on at drinks and said to him, because Doyle was on the other side of the pitch after he got out, not talking to anyone. So I did did my vice-captain duty the one season I've done it. When the spoke said, Brownie, you just you just bat sensibly, bat the overs and you'll win us the game, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Jim, no problem. Oh. Next ball, he's gone <laughs> like Linford Christie down the middle of the track and you think, oh my God. And he wouldn't even look missed at me after. Missed it by about a metre. Oh, oh, I missed it. it shocking, shocking. It wasn't an aggressive shot. I missed it by it a like long it, way. I know that. The, the forward defensive on the run missed <laughs> it by about a yard. But more importantly, at every time getting Ray Doyle, oh my God. It's just genius. He's had some wild swings at me and I've picked him up on the on the back of it. Absolutely genius. I love getting Doily out. It's one of my favourite pastimes that was. It was some shot that, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm trying to tune it to leg and he was caught at like third, third man, I think, backward yeah. point. It was like, oh, <laughs> Doily, what have you done? <laughs> Well, uh, the, the the tale of the game was, uh, you know, notwithstanding Brownie's uh, innings there, it was uh, a little bit of a case of the forfers, really, because we had, uh, of course, Jimmy Warrington, 17 overs, four maidens, four for 66. Um, but uh, it pains me to say, and, and I'm sure it'll pain you boys uh, more so, it pains me to say that a certain Rob Porter, 15 overs, two maidens, four for 48. Um, now, you've mentioned that you got you got Brownie with with the blowdown. <laughs> was the uh, was the straight break in there for any of them? Uh, the moon ball, perhaps. The moon ball, the double bounce, Yorker. They were all out. But I think you boys got off to a half decent start as well, didn't you? Where you were only one or two down, and we were thinking, "Ah, oh, shit, we're staring it down the barrel here." Yeah, Louis Cameron was out uh, for eight LBW to Craig, but then Chris Simpson and obviously Ryan must have had a partnership as Simo scored 22 there. And, uh, of course, Ryan, the aforementioned 47. Yeah, because Ryan had had smashed a few and it was the partnership. And I think you got ahead of us of the game, really, and probably got it, I don't know, did you get it to 70 or something? 70 for one or 60 for one. And we were thinking, ooh, this ain't too great here. Yeah, it was it was ten for one and then and then sixty nine for two, which sort of then wickets kind of fell at you know semi regular intervals from that point. Seventy five for three, uh, ninety six for four, ninety six for five, and then one hundred and eight for six. And then obviously taking it towards the end of the innings, um, as as mentioned, uh, Jimmy Warrington kind of coming into bat and breaking hearts. <laughs> Disgusting. Ruining Rob Porter's life by the sounds of it. Um, ben Johnson there was, was 29 not out. And uh, and Jimmy, you were 21 not out in the end. Um, I must ask you to kind of come in and... Boring everybody to get. <laughs> well, I'm, just, boring. I'm glad you're here to hear this, Ports. But no, it was... It, it's one of them things where, to be fair, one of the reasons that we were in that situation was down to me uh, from having a stupid night out and... and Costing half a season. Oh yeah, but what did you end up with wicket wise? I bet you still ended up with forty wicket. Don't worry, Potts. You'll know the exact figure. Well, it was on. Yeah, oh, no, but, no yeah. but it was. It was. I, I remember our good friend Barney at the side, absolutely intoxicated towards. I think going into the last over, screaming at the top of his voice, just it gone quiet. Jimmy, you better see this through because it's your fault you're here. And I was like, oh <laughs> god. And everyone's like, what's going on here? Because I think all the hockey players had turned up as well. So there's quite a few there. 
I, I've never felt so confident in my life. I'll be totally honest with you. And Jono at the other end was in bits, bless him. And I just said, I'll just stay on strike. And every ball I faced, I was getting pouters from everyone. And I was just, I was just every time I hit the words, I kept trying it for us. And then Doyle was going mad at the side saying, what are you doing? And I was just, just I don't know. It was just one of them days where everything seemed to come off. So I loved that game, as I said. Oh, what a game. It was the best, one of awesome the best games game. I've ever played in. Yeah, it really yeah. is because it had so much riding on it, and it went from it went one way, then the other, and it was literally rested on one wicket, didn't it? So, no, it was quality, it was a good day, good day for us. And obviously, I know you guys went down, but we enjoyed we enjoyed the beer after, didn't we? So, it was, yeah, good. did you? Have you gone okay. through your uh, your fine story yet, Jim? Is that cool? No, we've not gone to that yet. <laughs> well, you've you've teed it up nicely, Ports. Um, you know, we. It's nice to mention a few funnies and obviously, you know, some pretty serious games of cricket there, none more so than the last game. And and what I would say is it's lovely to hear that, you know, people from opposite teams and talk about a, you know, a pretty tough game, especially for Mac as as we were relegated in the end there. But uh, to kind of hear the the camaraderie and, and all the sort of great memories and things like that. And of course, um, you know, staying after the game and enjoying a few beers is is great. And, and what a great testament for, for both of our great clubs and indeed the game of cricket. But um, but Jimmy, I must move on to uh, to a fine incident that uh, Rob mentioned on his podcast. Um, you you were summoned, I believe, into the Macclesfield dressing room, and I'll uh, I'll let you I'll let you regale us with your version of events because it may well differ from Port. So let's be honest. Yeah, well, we, oh. we we shared a good season together because obviously we don't live too far away from each other. Uh, when the, the the season Ports had at Mac, and him not enjoying an alcoholic beverage as much as I do, so we volunteered to drive every week. Uh, and he texted me during the week when we were playing at Mac and said, "Oh, would you fancy a lift?" And I was like, yeah, if you're sure, if you don't mind. So you can have a few beers and I'll drop you on the way back. Totally innocent, didn't think anything of it. Did that. Did, did, we, win, did we win that game? Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, we won the game. Just sat there getting changed after having a beer in the changing room, talking about the game and whatever and what we're doing tonight. And then I got summoned into the match changing room and fined 10 quid for getting a lift to the game with Ports and taking wickets. I was like... Well, hang on, I've done nothing wrong here. And uh, yeah, so it turned out to an expensive day, to be honest. Oh, it was glorious. Best bit about this is I believe that uh, Robert Porter also received the same hefty fine. Is, is that is that true? I, I'm i sure I copped a fine in your chair rooms off Newt's. Probably, yeah. I just, I, to be fair, I'm still disappointed you didn't pay the tenner for me. I'm still waiting for that to be reimbursed. But... Not a chance. All innocent and went wrong, didn't it? Never mind. Yeah. I think it's fair to say, Jimmy, that there is a greater chance of hell for freezing over than you getting that tenner from Ports. Yeah, well, I got I got a free lift, so and I could add a few beers. Oh, after, just so it wasn't say, too bad. take it out of the lifts I've given you, you tight off. Well, that was just that. That was more counselling fee to try and talk you talk you around every week, saying, "Don't worry, the runs will come, mate. The runs will come." That <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, they never did. Yeah. <laughs> never did. Beautiful ca- counselling, Jim. Uh, never take advice from me for about batting. Yeah, gone with the days when he had eyes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Ports, I have to say, it's uh, it's been a great pleasure to welcome you on uh, briefly and, and to chat about a few games there. And it's, it's great to hear, as I say, about your sort of experiences and uh, camaraderie you've shared over the is years. Is that an invite to go, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's politely me saying, would you sod off? But um, no, thank you as ever for uh, for joining us on the podcast again. And, and any final words to uh, to Jimmy and Brownie? Stay safe. 
We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> what a poet. That pleasure, poet. mate. Always a pleasure. Legend. Take, Take care, boys. Take it easy, mate. Cheers, Cheers Paul. See you, mate. What what an absolutely awful human being! I, I, I'm seriously considering deleting that section. He's yeah, he's he's just not somebody I want I want to entertain anymore. I, th- I think it's probably time we we uh, we put him out to pasture or something. Uh, yeah, any any thoughts on Ports now that he's gone? We can we can fully bury him. No, he's a good. He's all jokes aside, he's a good lad, isn't he? He's what a guy. Yeah, he's yeah. I uh, but now he has gone. I can say, but as, as a youngster growing up at old age of playing first team when he played at Congleton, he was he was a serious player. But now his eyes have gone. It's it's a bit of payback. So, Jimmy, let's 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 just leave that there. There's there's no more time for uh, saying anything nice about Rob Porter. But no, all jokes <laughs> aside, it's it's great to have yeah. him on and and lovely to kind of hear about that game and, and stuff over the years. And and as I say, thanks to Ports for for taking the time to pop on. Now, uh, before we head towards the end of the podcast here, chaps, um, I just wanted to kind of ask you about your aims for the season ahead. Um, Ryan, firstly, I'll, I'll ask you. Um, you did mention obviously you're you're now playing at a new club um, do you want to tell us uh, firstly where you're playing and, and yeah some aims for the season um, yeah I moved to Formby which is they play their cricket in the Liverpool Comp Prem division um, just you know more of, more of a kind of challenge a little bit closer to home for me so yeah looking forward to that probably the aim for the season is you know just to with being a new club just to try and prove myself and, and just to get a good few scores under your belt and, and hope that hopefully the team succeeds off the back of it really so yeah looking forward to the new challenge but I will miss the Namwich boys and, you know, I have some really good mates there that, that I still stay in contact with. So, yeah, I'll certainly miss the the banter and the, and the lads at Namwich. And Jimmy, what about your aims for the season ahead? Always, as we do every year, try and finish as high as we can in the league. Uh, it'd be great to try and get one more one more Premiership title and obviously to have a good run in the Cups. We, we were lucky enough to win the Cheshire Cup last year, which is something we haven't won before and, and always try and do well in the 2020 comp and the, the national, uh, whether we can get as far as we did in both of them, again, is yet to be seen, but we'll definitely give it a good shot. We're going to miss Brownie. But we've made some a couple of good additions this year, so uh, just hope they hit the ground running and we can, we can start off well. Well, chaps, I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, really thank you for taking the time to come and join us on the podcast and obviously uh, feature as our, our next guests on the series of sort of around the county, as I like to call it. Um, but yeah, any final remarks before we wrap up the podcast? Firstly to you, Jimmy. Uh, thanks for having us on. It's been a, been a pleasure and good to catch up with Ports. <laughs> <laughs> Always, I'm sure. And yeah. uh, lastly, Ryan, anything from you? Yeah, obviously, thanks for having us on. Uh, it's been great. Good to good to kind of chat about a few memories of the game and, and yeah, good to kind of touch base with Ports about, about that season where, you know, it was a kind of a bit of both, really. Mac won and then obviously... We, we scraped a kind of losing draw um, but yeah some good memories so thanks for having me you are both very welcome indeed so as I say it's been it's been great to have you both on thanks very much for taking the time uh, wish you both well for the season to come and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you both soon thanks Miles cheers mate cheers all the best boys 